lifestyle choices and environmental factors impact your brain health and the physiology and psychology of your mental health. When you're ready to turn your brain on to get your game on, listen to In Your Head Radio. Now here's your host, Lee Richardson. So thanks for being with us today and joining us. Today we're going to come at advertising from a whole different perspective. And it's it's something that you know, I always come in everything from the brain. And we're going to talk about how advertising intersects with the brain to force the choices that we make. And joining me today to help me do that is Mark DiMassimo. He's been called a stellar writer and an ideal volcano by Dan Heath, He was who was his co-author of Made to Stick and Switch, How to Change Things When Change is Hard, a best-selling book. He's Dan also said that, you know, if brainstorming was a sport, that Mark would be the first draft pick. Fast Company called DJO, which is DiMassimo Goldstein, the brand and advertising agency that Mark founded, one of the foremost world-changing agencies. Mark is the founder and and creative chief of DJO and the industry-leading agency in positive behavioral change marketing, which he founded in 1996 in New York City and has appeared on Inc.'s list of America's fast-growing private companies four times and been named an Adweek Gold Best Agency. As an expert and author on positive change behavior in marketing, Mark speaks about the intersection of advertising and the brain, branding with pop culture, frequently contributing to CNBC and CNN and many other media. It's his ideas and his creative work that really have helped build dozens of major brands that are pioneers in their respective categories. And Mark, thank you so much for being with us today. Lee, thank you so much. It's it's uh, it's it's such an honor and a pleasure to be here. I I uh, I love all things brain, and I I love listening to your show. And I have to admit, I love hearing you in in that voice uh, that I trust uh, talk about me. So <laughs> that's make you make an advertising guy really happy. Um, I I and I think this is going to be. Pe- People might be thinking in the audience advertising on in your brain, uh, you know, does, does this make sense? And I would just say, hang with us, listen to this show, because, you know, a lot of the things we talk about you could do for your brain, you should do for your brain. Um, this is one thing you cannot help but do. You are exposed to advertising thousands and thousands of messages even every day. It's really important to understand how those things intersect with your brain. This could be a great conversation. Thank you. Well, and I think, you know, your understanding and your passion for behavioral change really is what makes your work different than what your colleagues do. Yes, yes. You know, um, uh, so, you know, Digo, Damasimo Goldstein, it's, we're, we're the world's first creative agency focused exclusively on promoting better habits by building brands and businesses using positive behavior change marketing, positive behavior change uh, marketing. That's the project I've been working on throughout my career to, to really bring those things together. I was a social science major, psychology, uh, et cetera. And I, I went into advertising and from the beginning, 
you know, my insight was we're changing people's brains. We're changing their minds. We're changing their behavior. Ultimately, we're changing their brains. A lot of people in advertising, most people in advertising don't like that thought because as soon as you think that, you have to take responsibility for the effect you're having on people's behavior and on their brains. And, you know, when you think about the, uh, some of the products that are advertised, the products that pay for a lot of big advertising agencies, and you think about what effect they have on people, on their habits and on their brains, you realize why they would rather just think of it as advertising and not as behavior change marketing. But it truly is. Well, and that that kind of leads into another role that you play. You also you serve as the creative advisor for the brand advertising and the behavioral change marketing for the nonprofit Partnership to End Addiction, which uses behavioral change marketing to help families overcome addiction and substance misuse. And that's addiction is one of the hardest, the biggest challenges that I have found to work with at the Brain Performance Center because addiction is a brain disease. You know, so many people think, oh, if they were just quit making that bad choice. It's not that easy. You are, you are so rightly. And, and, um, you know, this whole area of, of, of addiction, it, it needs our best brain focused, uh, thinkers. I've had the, the pleasure of working, being part of, uh, the, the partnerships, uh, creative review committee, then leading uh, the, 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 their creative board, and ultimately being an advisor and building campaigns uh, for them for, for many years. They used to be called the Partnership for a Drug-Free America, um, now the Partnership to End Addiction. Um, and, you know, where, where advertising can really help there is by creating connection. Um, a conversation can uh, can be a fork in the road that leads people toward the help they need. And often that is brain health. Um, you know, it, it, it has to go directly to the brain, but sometimes the door to it is a conversation. And we've been able to, um, you know, to help create more of those conversations as we move people into more scientifically proven addiction treatment and also pre- prevent addiction. You know, Lee, we also... We work with BetterHelp, which is the the largest um, uh, you know therapy and counseling uh, uh, company uh, in the U.S. in North America, actually. And you know, in that case, we found there are a lot of cultural taboos around therapy. People not getting the help that they need, not um, not getting the you know the the, the therapy that that would help them because they're afraid of what their family would think or what their friends would think. So we've been overcoming uh, that. And we finally, I'll just say for now, I won't go through our whole list, but we also work with Minded. Um, Minded is 100% focused on women and their mental health. And, you know, Minded is a, is a a company that allows um, uh, people, women to um, easily you know, over the internet, access a, a you know a real uh, you know medical prescriber, you know uh, doctor, psychiatrist, um, 
and you know get the diagnosis and the and the meds they need when when they need uh, meds. So therapy on the one end, one end, um, pharma you know on the other when it when it's uh, appropriate and conversations too because the brain is all of these things right it's 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 mental and cognitive it's social and conversational and of course it's also chemical and physical oh absolutely those neurotransmitters that come from the gut that i mean that that's what a lot of the pharmaceutical companies can influence you've got serotonin Reuptake. You've got all kinds of pharmaceutical products that do kind of target how to play into the brain's natural chemistry balance. And the sad thing to me, Mark, is when I learned on the average, someone that is suffering from a mental health issue, whether it's depression or anxiety, they will suffer for 10 years. That's a decade before they'll get help. And it plays into what you had mentioned before. It's the stigma. I mean, I don't want people to think I'm crazy. I don't want people to, I I mean, when I first started my business in 2009, the very first thing I always do, and even today, is I'll do a consultation, a complimentary consultation, and I'll talk with people. And Uh, You know, I'd be like, wow, sounds like I hear some depression. Oh, no, 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 no. Or I'll see their Mm. shoulders come up around their ears. Mm, Are you feeling some anxiety? Oh, no. And actually, that's what prompted me a a couple years ago to write the book, Turn Your Brain On to Get Your Game On, because everybody needs to know it is okay to not be okay. Oh, that is that is just beautiful because the acceptance is the key, right? It's the it's the it's the acceptance of not feeling okay, right? Of feeling anxious, of experiencing the symptoms of depression, um, or, or 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 what you what have you. It's actually the acceptance that is the first step to addressing those symptoms. Um, and, and that step in and of itself can create a sense of relief and control. We all want to be accepted for how, how we really are in this world. And when we accept ourselves as we really are in this moment, however that is, um, it's a it's a wonderful gift to ourselves that can unlock so many so so many other gifts and I, I just I, I I love that what you're doing and your and, and your your book because so many people just feel um, it, it's funny I, I I talked about the way advertising people often seem to want to ignore the brain they just call it a target the <laughs> way the target. Um, and, and ignore habits and ignore behavior um, and just basically say, oh, you know, we just shift decisions a little bit. They're walking down an aisle and instead of getting the Coke, we, we shift them to the Pepsi. That's all we do. Don't be afraid of us, you know. <laughs> um, I, I, but I, I think in general, we, we have all been raised up with this sense of responsibility 
pull yourself up by your bootstraps, make yourself feel better, you know, and what that ignores is um, our brains are organs, right? And you've said this many times. Um, and they're organs that, that can have all kinds of organic problems or organic healing. That we ha- Also, that we have habits that sometimes a very uncomfortable place, like depression or anxiety, can be the uncomfortable comfort zone. That it's, it's just our habit. One thing I've learned and like to say is that um, that a a that it takes effort and sometimes discomfort to change a habit and to establish a new habit is always to change a habit and to so to do that it takes effort effort is efforts when you have to do it and that is painful when you have a habit it does you. So, uh, unfortunately, if somebody has been living with anxiety for, you know, uh, for 10 years, um, they actually have a habit of living with it. They may not even, they may not experience it because when it becomes a constant state, they, you know, we're, we're, our brains notice difference. So, you know, that, that habit of, accept, of, of, of not noticing it, of being in denial about it, can be self-reinforcing. Well, you know, you're right, because it just becomes your new norm. That's just the way that's it right. is. And that's, that's your new feels. norm. And how, how you, the good thing is about habit, habits are learned behaviors, and anything learned can be unlearned. And what I really admire about what you do, Mark, is you help companies improve American mental health with marketing instead of making it worse. Yes. Uh, we, we um, you know, noticing, it, it really all started out, you know, from saying, hey, we're good at what we do. What effect does it have on people? And you hear this a little bit more now. I didn't hear it much 25 years ago. People saying, what are the second order effects of what you do? Oh, I sell cheese. And if I sell cheese, well, that's good. Um, and that's that's hard enough. So I don't want to think about anything else. That, that used to be the attitude of, of almost everybody in business. I make my shareholders happy. I sell the cheese. Shut up. But today... Um, people are talking about um, about the responsibility of people in business for second order effects, and the second order effect of a lot of the advertising, marketing messages, um, technology platforms, and all of that are quite hard on mental health. So first, we just started thinking, hey, we're good enough to do both. We can be good for mental health. We could be good for the habits of the target audiences that we talk to. We can take responsibility for what we're selling them. And, you know, that's what's led us into mental health and creativity and education, um, you know, anti-addiction, uh, body positivity, and, and, and all, that, all that sort of stuff. We have something called a positivity index that is the result of years of macroeconomic uh, analysis and big surveys across the United States. And what the positivity index proves 
is that companies that are perceived and brands that are perceived by the public to be good for their mental health, to be good for their lives through their habits, actually are rewarded in the marketplace. It costs them less to grow. They, they can spend less money on advertising, for example, and still grow faster. So we're actually now able to show companies that if they can shift in certain ways to be better for mental health, to be better for behavioral health, that they actually will be better businesses too. How is that received? I mean, are people, does that, are they rallying around? Are they more skeptical? How is, what's the general reaction? Um, right now, I mean, the, the, the reaction is, is sort of proceeded in stages as, as it does. Um, and we've been, you know, we, we did three years of research on it before we ever, um, you know, started to make any public statements about it because we didn't, you know, we didn't want to be premature. We're talking about something that's very important to both the companies and, and to the public too. And you don't want to get it wrong. So we 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 only really started talking about it in the last nine months or so, and I, I, I can tell you right now I can't tell you their names, but I can tell you that five of a of the largest corporations in the world have reached out to us proactively, reached out to us to um, engage us in conversations, learning more about it, and expressing sincere. Um, interest in what they could learn from it, what it might change about what they offer, um, what they might stop doing, what, what, the, what, they, what they might start doing, what communities they might uh, create, for example. So there's, there's, right now there's genuine interest and curiosity from the largest corporations, um, which is awesome. And meanwhile, we've been working with a lot of, of you know, mid-sized growth stage, um, you know, um, you know, big companies like Weight Watchers, for example, and as I mentioned, Better uh, Health and SodaStream and Samsung. Um, so already we're working with companies that are already in the positive behavior change business. Um, so I would just say that 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 um, they they're showing uh, interest, and it's too soon to say what the follow-through will be. But uh, but we've been impressed. Well, and I think that initial reactions typically are, in my opinion, they kind of set the tone and what other companies will see. And I think everybody is focused on mental health. Everybody needs to be focused on mental health. I just saw a report from a CDC this week that states that one out of three high school girls report sadness and and loneliness and hopelessness. And those Uh, are things that what they see on social media and what they see on TV and what they hear on the radio, all of which can influence that. Absolutely. This just reinforces, um, you know, uh, probably not unlike you, uh, a lot of, a lot of my, uh, my friends, I don't just have friends in, uh, in advertising and branding and marketing. I have a lot of friends who are psychology professors of various kinds uh, from behavioral economics uh, professors to social psychology professors, um, and one thing when they get together these days and they're they're looking at at um, all of the mental health research, 
One, they see a mental health crisis. It's only deepened. Um, it was going on before the pandemic. We can't blame it on the pandemic. The pandemic uh, didn't make it better. Um, and when they really look into the data for uh, middle school and high school students, there's a real crisis of uh, 11 to 14-year-old girls. And it's, it seems to be heavily driven by uh, social media and including some, some mean social media as well. So social media uh, promoting, promoting, you know, impossible, uh, you know, and, and, and unreal images, uh, you know, that, that, that girls feel they can't live up to. And then just the immense risk that they feel um, of, of a misstep that could lead to massive social shaming that never seems to go away. Well, and not to interrupt you, but, you know, social media, that that puts us into a comparative society. That means you Mm -hmm. win or you lose. And anytime you force that, it it doesn't impact you. It impacts, oh, I don't even want to look at that. You know, I know somebody's got a better dress. I know somebody's got a better car. And you took my moment of glory. Not only did you take my moment of glory, but you kind of kicked me in the chin. You got, you, you, you've got that right. And you, you think about the, the, the clicks and the, the meanness that sometimes goes with middle school and in a in, in, in a social world, it's amplified by millions or billions in terms of the quantity of the people who have ac- access to your best and worst moments. And it's permanent. And what is necessary for development, for, for brain development, or social development, which is brain development, is an environment of play. Play is defined by low consequence. (laughs) So by dramatically increasing the perceived consequences of missteps, um, it's actually preventing developmental stages and imperiling not just the current mental health, but the future development and inordinately of girls, of girls more than boys. Well, you know, and I think you're right. We've had a mental health issue way before the pandemic. Before the pandemic, one out of four Americans over the age of 12 suffered from a substance abuse problem or a mental health issue. And after the pandemic, we've come out of that. We've been isolated. We've lost our our norm. I can't tell you how many clients at the Brain Performance Center, they're looking, they're grieving. I want my old norm back, Lee. Or I want to figure out what my new norm is. And that makes it a really very stressful situation. And what is everybody knows what stress will do to the body. It'll kill you. It'll kill you mentally just as quickly. And, you know, we've got about four minutes left, and we've talked a lot about the importance of recognizing mental health. And and if if you had just a couple of lessons to share with somebody that's going to advertise a product through social media, what would those be? Number one, 
you consider all kinds of factors. You consider your brand. You consider whether you have a product market fit. You consider your offer. You consider your copy, your art. Um, consider the effect you have on the brain and behavior of your target audience. It's not only responsible and good, and it is responsible and good, it's also good for business and we can prove it. So one, consider it. If you consider it, if you measure it, you will start to manage to it and you'll be, you'll be getting better at it every day. Yes, you may have to accept some things that need changing and that's okay because when you change them, your business will be better, your customers will be more loyal, they will love your brand. People are looking for islands of safety, islands of support, islands of inspiration, islands of calm, islands of, uh, you know, of uh, reinforcement for their sense of integrity and, and their sense of self-esteem. If you provide one of those, you'll win in the marketplace and you'll also be serving um, the market and you'll be a good corporate citizen too. So, you know, businesses really can have it all if they start to measure this. For me, that's first and foremost, that's the thing. Secondly, learn about how marketing, advertising, and brands are used by people in order to try to navigate and empower themselves in the world. Um, you know, when someone comes to the Brain Performance Center, and they say, make it like it used to be. You can't do that, right? <laughs> we, we, we can't make it like it, it used to be. But I'd hate for people to listen to us today and think, oh, my gosh, it's all help, helpless. It isn't. You, too, if you're a parent, you can create an, an island of safety, a place for safe play. You can, create an, you can create some room for little failures that don't have big consequences. Advertisers can do that within their brands as well. We can all build this society more mentally healthily and, and be good for the brain of the USA and beyond. Well, and, and I just have to mention lifestyle choices. You know, though it's the lifestyle choices that we make that really can, can get in the way of taking care of our brain, whether that's making, I mean, I had a client that told me, I have to cook fried chicken every single Sunday. She has definite physical, you know, health issues. No, you don't. My family needs it. No, they don't. But just that simple lifestyle choice was a huge step for her. And so I encourage everybody to think about, you know, how often do you need to get on social media? How many social media spots do you need to touch? How how much time do you spend on your phone? Do you, how often do you pick up your phone instead of go talk to somebody face-to-face? And that's because we've learned how to connect through the, the social media. So stay with us. When we come back, we're going to talk a lot more about how to improve American mental health. We'll be back after these messages. It's 
The Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Biceps muscles are a characteristic part of the upper arm, and when they are strengthened, they become defined, hard, and strong. The Latin phrase for biceps muscle means two-headed muscle of the arm. The biceps crosses both the shoulder and elbow joints. Both heads arise on the scapula and join to form a single muscle belly, which is attached to the upper forearm. Because we use biceps muscles a lot in everyday use, they are usually one of the strongest muscles of your arm. Lifting weights and resistance exercises are the best ways to build the muscle, and there are a variety of biceps curls to choose from. You can do dumbbell curls, hammer curls, 21s, preacher curls, concentration curls, barbell curls, incline dumbbell curls, cable curls, and more. Be sure to include bicep curls in some form in your weightlifting routine for chiseled arms. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. It's you might think that kissing is a universal sign of affection, but there are certain groups of people on earth who just don't do it. I think they don't know what they're missing. Humans have been kissing for a long time, as kisses were portrayed in Egyptian art in 1500 B.C. The Romans are credited with perfecting romantic kiss as we know it today. What's another word for kissing? Oscillation. Your lips are a hundred times more sensitive than the tips of your fingers, and the kiss quickens your pulse to 100 beats a minute. One kiss actually burns up to three calories. There's a workout I can handle. Studies say a woman will kiss about 79 guys before getting married, and the average person spends two weeks of their life kissing. What's the word for the art of kissing? Phylometology. It's words you never I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Here is your host, Lee Richardson. So right before break, I had mentioned lifestyle choices, and that comes into play in so many different ways. And Mark, I would love to get some insight from you as to how that plays into the marketing and the advertising. Thank you, Lee. And I was, I was, uh, I was lighting up here listening to you talk about the behavioral interventions that you call your clients' attention to. You know, what do you, yeah, the fried chicken on a Sunday, and how are you feeling? What effect does that have? Yes, that's that's an uncomfortable comfort zone for you right now, but what could a change make? How's your sleep? How are your friendships? you know, I, I, do you move? You know, when do you move? How often do you move? Um, how much time are you spending on social media? What's the quality of your experience during that time, for example, versus being with other people in conversation? How much time alone versus with other people? Um, I, I, every time, everything you mentioned, uh, you know, uh, my little bell went off. I was like, behavior, behavior, behavior. These are all behaviors and possible behavior changes that can help that, yes, they may be hard to achieve in the aggregate. Trying to take them all on at once um, is challenging, but with each change, life gets better. People have more, it releases more energy. The brain is more focused. A better brain makes better decisions. Better decisions compound. 
life gets better and better potentially, right? And it does. And it it made me think of the advertisers that um, that are out there right now offering solutions that can help people build on those suggestions. So, you know, there are apps. There's an app I love, The Fabulous. Um, it's called, yeah, it's called The Fabulous. Um, uh, it's The Fabulous app. If you Google it, you'll find it. Um, and uh, it's, it's a, a platform for um, routines. So, you know, advertisers know and so do these social media platforms and other apps. They know how to design to get you to do what they want. The CEO of Netflix literally said, we compete with your sleep. Right? They, they are designing to, to get your attention, to get your engagement. And yet there are whole other companies like The Fabulous. This is not a client, by the way. I, 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 I'm a customer. They don't pay me. Um, but, uh, but this is what I personally use. One of the things I personally use and you can go on there, you can set your morning routine. So, you know, you, you can set uh, an afternoon routine. You can set a nighttime routine. If you want to do gratitude before you go to sleep at night, if, if you're, if you're wanting to focus more on what's good in your life, um, you can set that as a routine and you get your reminder and it keeps track for you. So you can create a streak. So there are if there are behavior changing apps that are out there. If you Google, you'll find. And you know, I don't think any of this works great without somebody to be your coach and lead you through. You know, what a coach, therapist, um, trainer, uh, consultant, uh, whatever it is. Everybody needs somebody to see what they can't see themselves to to be accountable to. To you know, to just feel good when they when 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 you show up and you've you've made progress, um, but then if you can use the technology, if you can advertise in your own brain, I call it self-advertising. Self-advertising is the advertising that you decide to create for yourself. So I use fabulous to self-advertise to me. I know how. I know how good advertising is at changing minds and behavior. I see how much money is spent on it. I see the results. I know it works. So I'm saying, go out there, choose your inputs, choose your advertising. And that includes these apps that are out there ready to help you with exercise, with eating better, with sleeping better, with having those moments of gratitude, with meditating or relaxing, like like the Calm app, for example, and there are so many more. When you open your eyes and you look, you'll see there's a whole world out there that's been built up to help you address the behavior changes you want to address that you've learned will be good for you. Absolutely. And I think for the younger generation that has grown up with a phone, a mobile phone in their hand, those apps are perfect because there's just this intuitiveness that it's, oh, I know how to do this. Piece of cake. I mean, I can't tell you what I've had eight-year-olds do for me in my office that I can't do on my phone. And, you know, before they'll leave, I'll say, oh, got a second Come on, and they love it. Oh, my gosh. You make them feel like they're rock stars. 
And so, I mean, that is a natural venue for the younger generation. And the fact that we put it out there, that's amazing. Absolutely. Look, it's, it's, you know, if, if, you, if you look at, at my phone and the way I've got it set up, the only notifications that I have are my, my actual messages. So I, my, my text messages, these are, you know, people know when you really need me, go to that channel. But that's it. Other than that, it's only the things I chose that make me better. I do not get Facebook notifications. I, I go on Facebook sometimes, but I do it by my choice and initiation when I want and I get out. I don't, I don't let Facebook rule me. I'm on LinkedIn, but I don't let LinkedIn rule me. Same with Insta. Um, so th- I, I am very careful, and I recommend this. You decide. You set your boundaries. You decide who gets to interrupt you. And we're all driven to distraction. When we're driven to distraction, we start to feel that uh, an attention deficit, whether we're diagnosable or not, it affects our ability to pay attention. It affects our executive functioning. It affects our brain health. We can, we, we can only stand so much distraction, any of us, before it starts to degrade our, our sense of autonomy, our sense of, of, of control over our own destiny and direction, and the, just the quality of our, of our thinking and behavior. So you want to you wanna close those doors to distraction and only leaving, leave them open to those things that empower you, that you chose. So let's say that <clears throat> I'm wanting to make some good choices. What products, what services would be beneficial to my mental health? Is there a way that I can look at the advertising that's done to provide information? A great, you know, a great question. You know, first off, we we uh, we still. Um, we still live in a world where what we search for and what we look for um, gets us more of the same. So if you're if you if you just if you search positive behavior change, for example, um, just that's a general category. You, let's say you have a specific category: eat better. How can I eat better? Or how can I sleep better? Or 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 any of these. You're, and you, you start to look at some of the um, sites, apps, et cetera, that the stories that come up, you're going to naturally be fed more of those. How can I have more gratitude? Now you're actually controlling the mix of the incoming messages, what shows up in your searches, what shows up in your banner ads, those little ads that show up when you're reading the news or, or, you know, looking at a, whatever, a a gossip site, even there's these little ads. Those are, those are chosen based on who they believe you are, which is based on who they, what they believe your interests are. If they see your interest in sleeping better, you're going to be fed advertisements and information about those companies. So instantly you're changing the mix of what you see. Instantly advertisers are keeping your mind on the goal. 
oh, I want to sleep better. Now I'm seeing a lot of things about sleeping better. Now I'm starting to learn about sleeping better. I see the various offerings that are out there in the marketplace. Maybe I want to now go to some objective sources that compare. You look for those. Maybe now I want to go and see what the what the certified customer reviews are. And you, you, you search for those and you find those as well, too. So it's really the start. I guess if I could say one thing, it's the start. It's knowing that you actually have more control than you may imagine of the messages that get to you. And they have more effect on you than you imagine. Well, and I think that's what's so confusing about the internet because you can get on you can get online and you can go down the rabbit hole really quickly. <laughs> and you can I've had a number of teenagers say I really, you know, didn't intend to to do that. Um I just I, I it just happened. Mm, maybe it did just happen, but it took some participation. And I think that people need to understand that what you put out there is going to come right back at you. Oh, you're exactly right. And I, you know, I'm telling you as a, as a, as a incredibly curious, um, and also two C's curious and creative person. Um, I have many a times gone down rabbit holes at the, and uh, you know, it could just be, what's that actor's name? And then what else did that actor, you know, act in, you know, it, but, at, and at the moment, something's firing off in my brain that makes me feel like knowing that bit of trivia and then the next, and then the next is the most important thing in the world. And then I'm saying, where did the time go? So, you know, I, because frankly, my moments, I'm able to make a conscious choice are there. It's not a hundred percent of the time. There are times when I'm just caught up in the curiosity and the searching. So, and you know, I think I'm probably like a lot of people in that regard, the moments when I am conscious are precious. So then I want to go after the things that are going to make me better. And that's also why I don't want to start that cycle by just letting anybody interrupt me. So the first thing I do when I get a new phone or whatever is make sure that I've turned off every notification that is not essential to my life or my happiness, every single one, or or to the people I love. Um, Because if I start the dive into that, you know, cycle of, uh, you know, of, of, uh, of, of, of scrolling, whether it's doom scrolling or curiosity scrolling or trivia scrolling or whatever, if I start it, that's one thing. But if every time a notification goes off, I might fall into another one of those holes. How can I make progress in my life without achievements? Um, we know PERMA. Um, PERMA, you know, uh, the A in PERMA, this is, PERMA is like the, the positive um, psychology uh, meta-analysis of what leads to uh, a happy, satisfying life where people say they're flourishing. And, you know, the P, you know, is for positive uh, uh, relationships, um, and the E is positive uh uh, emotion. Anyway, the A at the end is achievements. People want to have achievements. 
And if you're spinning, endlessly spinning and following, you're you're not creating the little meaningful, the M is meaning, by the way, you're, you're not creating the little achievements, meaningful or not, that make a person feel a sense of progress and feel happy. So it's just important to to, to, to create room and boundaries to do that. And advertisers will help you. If you if you search for those kinds of advertisers, you'll find them and they'll help you. And they're, you know, look, they, they have some things in common. Would, um, Lee, would it be okay if I, if I sort of tell you what, what great positive behavior change, what I call habit brands have in common? Sure. All right, because when you're looking for them, you know, think about a classic like Weight Watchers. Now, I have worked with Oprah and worked with Weight Watchers, and we, you know, uh, we've probably been their agency for a total of six or seven years. We're not currently doing any any work for them, but I should disclose disclose that. But as a result, I know them really well. Um, you know, got to know you know um, uh, Weight Watchers really well. Health was part of the team there that brought in Oprah to the company, not just you know, as a spokesperson, but as an investor, as a board member, um, you know, as a real force in that company and its culture. Um, and they have some of these things, you know, one, they, um, they meet you where you are. So agree, you know, so if you're, if you're not, if you're feeling like the company is talking about something that doesn't feel like where you are right now, just move on. Um, it, it means they're not, they're not really great at what they do. They should meet you where you are. So if right now where you are is, hey, I know Weight Watchers works, but I just don't know if right now is the time that I want to make that commitment. That's where a lot of people out there are, by the way. Then if they're not acknowledging that, then I would say maybe move on. Maybe try something else. Um, that's one. Two, they make it easy for you to start. So, you know, I would look for that. They, they, they've got to make it easy for you to start because we do the things that are easy and, it, and it's hard to change habits. Um, three, they, they think in terms of program. So there are steps. We, we call it start, stick, and stay. And I know you've noticed this um, doing what, what you do at the Brain Performance Center. Um, a lot of people start new things because they're almost addicted to this sense of hope. And, but there's always a point that comes later where the effort kicks in, where the novelty is over, where some of the, the pain that comes with the gain starts. And that we call that the stick moment. That's a, a point of recommitment. Um, the companies that do well, they know about that cycle of start, stick, stay, and they're really good at helping you anticipate that crisis and get through it rather than just flit off to start something new. So that's really important. I know you do that. Um, another thing is that they create community that feels both safe and encouraging. So, you know, whether it's uh, Weight Watchers with, with their community where, you know, people don't want to talk about their weight issues in front of the entire world. They want to be in a safe social 
um, uh, you know, uh, platform where they're talking to people who are like them and where they trust it. Weight Watchers does that. If you go over to Echelon Fitness or Peloton, you've got communities of people who are all committed to, you know, the rides and to, to the uh, fitness journeys they're, they're on. Community is really important as well. They acknowledge the difficulty. That's, a, that's another thing as well. And they give you a motivation like Nike did. Think about Nike. Nike was a big part of changing the culture of this whole country and maybe the world from a more sedentary world where being an advertiser, I'm sorry, being an exerciser or a runner was sort of a, you know, a, a niche thing to a world where people move and exercise and lots of people consider themselves athletes, even if they're not in the NBA or the NFL. Um, and Nike helped drive that. All they had to sell at the time was, was uh, sneakers <laughs> but, and running shoes. But that slogan, just do it, and that celebration of the athlete and all of us created a motivation that drove massive behavior change across the culture. That's what great habit brands do. Well, and I think you you're mentioning of the sense of community. That is one of during the pandemic. That is one of the strongest influencers that I saw. When teenagers lost their sense of community, they couldn't go to school. When people lost their sense of community, they couldn't go to church. I couldn't go to the gym. I mean, all of that ties into who we are and what we believe in, our core values. So tapping into that, and where do I feel most comfortable? Where I feel I have a sense of community, where I have agency with the people that are around me. And I think that people understanding that and looking for that in the advertising. And when you said Nike, well, first thing that came to my mind was just do it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, is that automatic, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, there that so that that um Nike actually gave people a reputation to live up to like you're an athlete, whoever you are. If you get up in the morning or anytime you strap on our running shoes and 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 you move, you're an athlete and we are going to be the ones. This is they they literally say this. You look for us we are the people under the lamppost at 6 a.m. cheering for you. You know, you can be walking by, you can be rolling by, you can be running by. It doesn't matter. If you're out there doing it, we're cheering for you. People wanted to be part of that community. They, they ended up building something society-wide, bigger than Nike. It just drove the growth of Nike and the leadership of their category. But they grew some, something so much bigger. And they did end up giving people tools um, you know, to, 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 to enhance their behavior change as well too, like Nike plus. Um, and there are communities related. So, you know, Nike's interesting because if, you know, we think that they're a, that they are just out there selling a product and that's how they capture value by selling those products, but they actually deliver an enormous uh, amount of more value and impact to society by encouraging athleticism. Um, and again, I'm, I don't work for Nike. This isn't an advertisement for them. Um, Nike is a Nike's a brand that inspires me and in what I do. So you know, I, I 
I speak, I, I suppose, as an expert on this, but also as somebody who is in the Nike tribe. I think it's great that you are transparent and it's not just you want to talk about the your clients and represent them. You're talking about what's important to you and what you're what you appreciate. And I think that's really important. We've got about four minutes left. And you know, take a couple of minutes and just what are your takeaways? We've got three minutes left. What are your takeaways from this show for our listener? Beautiful. All right. First off, um, we live in a sea of advertising messages and tech platforms. And um, between the technology, the immediacy, the, the ability to interrupt, and the massive design and other intelligence, including now artificial intelligence, that is part of all of this stuff. It is an almost perfect distraction engine. And it is absolutely contributing to the mental health crisis and brain fog uh, that a lot of people feel today. So be aware in, in a sense that you're in a battle for the uh, captain for, for the captainship of your brain. Okay. You, you are in a battle for being the one who is in charge of your brain and you've got a massive forces arrayed against you. Does, is it because they have evil intentions? I, I, I don't think so. I, for the most part, I don't think they have evil intentions. I think they're just running businesses and they need your attention in order to run those businesses, but it adds up to a social evil. But now shift to the positive. There's a whole other class of advertisers, technologies, apps. They're all a Google search away um, that are there to help you reestablish power and control. And be in charge of your own brain, your own behavior, your own progress, your own sense of happiness and flourishing. And there, you know, whether it's sleeping better, changing a, an eating habit, figuring out how to fit a better eating habit into your, diffi- you know, your challenging, busy life, whatever it is, there's help for you and there's growing positive behavior change industry where it's all about good habits and they've got smart people too and great designers too and great technology and AI too. Turn toward the light. Turn turn toward the control of your own behavior. Shut off those notifications. Be aware of what gets you down and get yourself back up and be grateful. Wow, Mark, I could not have ended that on a better note because it it is all about self-regulation. And the message is, is that we can self-regulate. We just need to understand that, that we have the power and execute. So for anybody that wants to learn more about you or and what you do real quick, can you tell us where they can find you? Surely. Uh, thank you so much. It's been so great uh, to to be in this conversation with you and on this program. I'm Mark DiMassimo. Um, 
And probably the easiest way to get to me is just to go to Digo Brands, D-I-G-O-B-R-A-N-D-S.com. And you can check out the, the website and all that. I'm also on LinkedIn. Um, and like I said, I won't get your no- notification, but I will go there about once a day. And if you reach out to me there, I'll connect with you. Uh, Mark DeMassimo on LinkedIn. Thank you so much, Mark. Lee Richardson and the Brain Performance Center. We want to thank you for listening. If you'd like to hear more episodes like this, visit us on iTunes, Google Play, TogiNet, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and thebrainperformancecenter.com. 